Hey, brother, can you hear me? Yes. How you doing, man? Well, you made it, man. We're excited to have you on, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, brother. Adam Malik here. Uh, Adam is going to be very uh, casual. Uh, You've heard some of my previous podcasts. You're my number nine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, man. Sure, brother. Just on. I'm going to go on and introduce you to our um, Uh uh, all the anchor people out there that listen to the podcast so i'm uh, sure, really sure. excited to have uh, you on uh, this is i got adam malik on and um adam uh has a an amazing background uh when he comes to the tennis and he has a tremendous passion to uh, get people to tennis and get the game out there the history of the game and uh adam's got so many uh accomplishments when i was looking back through his career uh at the junior <laughs> level college level pro level um, you know, Cup, Malaysian Davis Cup team. Uh, he's done a lot of great things for tennis. Uh, inspired a lot of people to play tennis. And it's going to be great to get Adam on, a former University of Kentucky uh, tennis player. He had quite a career at University of Kentucky. We're going to touch on that too. But Adam, welcome to yeah. the broadcast, man. Hey, thanks, uh, Tyrone. I appreciate your time on this. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm excited. Great, brother. I'm going to kind of just kick it off by um, yeah, uh, just we'll just kind of have a conversation uh, around what got you started in tennis. How did you, I mean, when you first picked a racket, what happened when you a racket up or find out about the sport? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my, it was all because of my dad um, living in Malaysia uh, a long time ago. Uh, my father was a, was a civil servant. Uh, he was a lawyer for the government and um, around eight or nine, uh, he started taking me to, uh, taking him, take me with him to uh, watch him play tennis, so that I could run around the tennis course. Uh, he played at a local municipal uh, uh, tennis facility. It was all clay courts, and there were other uh, there were other people that were like him, civil servants. This was uh, a place that was for government officials to, you know, relax, unwind, play tennis, play soccer, play rugby. Uh, things like that as a social club and so I followed him there and then uh, inadvertently I became a ball boy that's how it all started and then towards the end of every session that he would have with his friends I would start to kind of unwind with my dad and just pick up a racket and just start swinging swinging the racket right well yeah that is exciting because (laughs) <laughs> I, I learned something. That, I learned something today about you. I did not know. Um, you may Uh-oh. have told me this, but I just did not realize. Yeah. That at age fourteen, you played. Uh, you were selected to play on the Davis Cup team, or or you hit with the Davis. What? How did? Tell us about. That. I was. I was selected on the Davis Cup team at 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 fourteen. I believe that match was against um, Indonesia, which was a. They were a very strong, powerful tennis force in Asia. Uh, they had some very good players, but I was 14, and um, and I was told later by one of our uh, federation officials, one of the administrators, that I was one of the youngest ever to play. At that time, there may have been maybe seven or eight others that had uh, featured for their country at 14 years old. I did get to play in that in that Davis Cup tie. Wow. I played uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, he was a little older than I, than I was. Uh, his name was Rudy Fu. He was a very good tennis player. And we played doubles, but we got beat. Uh, but it was an amazing experience. Uh, it, it was. It, I was hooked on Davis Cup after that. I, I played maybe 
maybe 27 ties uh, of different against different countries over the course of my career with Davis Cup. Yes, yeah, what really amazed me when I looked at your Davis Cup record is you. I think you had 17 victories in Davis Cup, approximately. Some, some did I misread that? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I had a lot of singles wins. Uh, I wish uh, I wish I had uh, more wins in the doubles column, but uh, you know it wasn't to be. Uh, we always, uh, I always, you know, I always play a Davis Cup tie, and most often than not, I would win. The opening singles match, or if I was drawn to play first, you eat, on the on a Friday you would always either play first or second, right? And then and then back then, and then uh, on the Saturday you would play the doubles match, just the one match, and then on Sunday you would play the reverse singles. Back then, right? So if you you know on the very first day you always play one against two, two against one, and then on Sunday then you would play one against one, the two against two. Right. So I would. That was more often than I would win both singles on Friday and Sunday, but we always we always would lose our doubles match in a tight four or five set match, and it was it was it was great, but it was sad and disheartening at times because we would. I felt like if we could win the doubles, I was always confident that I was going to win my singles to win. Right, because we would always win a three-two match, you know, but we always end up losing two-three. So right. <laughs> Now, that's exciting to hear this because it, it brings an array of questions I wanted to ask you just to kind of dig yeah. in. Uh, being 14 years old and being being exposed to that uh, type of international tennis play, how did that factor into your development? I mean, as, as far as your confidence level, uh, when you uh, went to Australia at age 16 to attend, it looked like you went to attend a boarding school there. And, and I did, then you, I did. And, Tell us a little bit about that, and then how that tied into the, your your University of Kentucky career. Yeah, absolutely. the um, the The development part was when looking back. You know, you know, my father was my first coach. You know, and he was. I would say that, and if he was rated over here, he would be a very good four or five player. Uh, and, he, and he was a he had a continental grip. Uh, we we either played on clay courts, which was a red clay in Malaysia or we would play on grass courts it was one of the two I really preferred the grass because uh, the way I played uh, we we always end up practicing on grass because my father belonged to a private club uh, back in the capital mm. and they they had very good grass courts and we would always practice you know incidentally we just practiced we we did a lot of volleying a lot of serving and he would always make me serve at uh, cans and, and make them targets on the court mm -hmm. and I was always trying to hit them as hard as I could and that and that kind of carried me into my career because I would always hit the spots really, really well because mm -hmm. I, I grew up just learning how to hit the tee mm -hmm. and the out wide and down into the middle and the body too. So I would go as hard as I could at those spots and be very comfortable with those shots. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, it was good developmentally in Malaysia because I was 14. I looked up to a lot of people. You know, there was always a lot of good uh, players ahead of me and they were good, you know, and I was nowhere near as good as them but I was 14 you know I mean it was um, uh, I practiced with a lot of the senior guys because uh, I was on the senior team already at 14 and so mm -hmm. and these were established players well well known in Malaysia itself um, but you know ultimately but I, at the same time I was still playing uh, three or four other sports as well for, for my school and for my district and for my state what other so eventually did you play? what other sports were you playing well Parallel. I played soccer I okay. played I played soccer which, which mm -hmm. was football back in Malaysia, football, and then I would play field hockey, 
Uh, and I was pretty good at that, actually. I made the state team for that and then the state uh, for the state of Selangor uh, in the 15 and under squads. Um, and then I also played badminton. Uh, and so, you know, those, uh, I didn't play rugby because that was rough. Right. Uh, people like rugby in Malaysia, but I, I didn't want to get run over. So right. even though I was a very big kid, you know, at 14, you know, but, um, you know, I had to choose, you know, and then, you know, back home, uh, back then, I don't know if it's the same way now, but, you know, practice sessions were actually during school time. It right. wasn't after school. Right. So I would I would play these matches and, and practice during school hours. And then, you know, I miss I missed a lot of school. Right. And finally, you know, I think my dad probably had some heart to hearts with the with the headmasters, the, the principals. Mm -hmm. And then one day he just said, look, you know, um, you're going to have to choose a sport. Uh, and by the way, I'm sending you to Australia to tour for three months, you know, with with, uh, you know, by side, you're going to I have friends over there. You're going to stay with them and let's see where, you know, let's see how good your tennis can be. And then which led eventually. You know, incidentally, when I went on that trip, I came back th uh, three months later. I came back four inches taller. Wow! Because uh, yeah, at between 14 and 15, uh, I went. You know, I went over to Australia, to Melbourne, Australia. I stayed with a lot of families, which was great. Played a lot of tournaments, had a lot of um, uh, practice sessions with private coaches, mm -hmm. but mainly to play, play matches and tournaments. Um, I first, I, I, I tasted my first uh, milk whole milk forever mm -hmm. it was it was uh you know back in malaysia back then it was dehydrated milk we would drink mm -hmm. uh milk that was made from powder we just add water mm -hmm. but when i went to uh, australia i was drinking real whole milk for the first time it was so <laughs> good it was it tasted so good you know it did yeah put a pound and then, so when i came back you probably gained milk too then. oh yeah I, I filled out a little bit because when i get back when i come back to malaysia um, when I was in school, I started complaining about aches and pains in my body and my body hurt all the time. And it was just, so my, my mom took me to the doctor and there I was, I was, I had grown over three inches in the space of about five, five or six months. Or, you know, it was, I just had a tremendous growth spurt and I had all these mark, you know, these, uh, <laughs> stretch marks on my body. Right. You know, it was, it was kind of crazy. Right. You know, at, at 15, 16 years old, I was already six, two and that's big. That's tall for a Malaysian. Uh, I was skinny, you know, but I was still filling out, but I was very tall. Uh, and then uh, and then eventually, um, I think that was kind of the impetus. Uh, my father said, OK, you know, uh, you can you can only go as far as you can in Malaysia. Uh, let's send you to Australia. I'm, uh, mind you, I'm taking I'm sending you to a very uh, private. I'm turning you to a, a public school, but it has a private boarding school. Uh, I'm sorry, but your tennis is going to be curtailed somewhat. But I've arranged for you to to practice with a, a, a local coach and you'll have lessons, you know, two hour lessons, four days a week after school. And that's your tennis, you know. And then if you can get permission from the headmaster that runs the boarding school, uh, work it out with him. I've already talked to him, work it out with him to see which tournaments you can take off during the weekend to go play. Because that, that, strict, that school was a very strict boarding school you know we woke up and went to bed with bells you know mm -hmm. 6 30 in the morning the bell went off you had to get up because you had to go put on your suit and tie to go to to go to school you know right and so big big cultural difference there i mean but it was structured it was good and you, you know what my tennis improved quite dramatically because i was getting quality hit and practice with uh good coaches you know good coach i had a coach the same coach for three years who was that who was that coach it was just a local guy. Okay. It was just a look, but he was, you know, he, 
it was coaching that you know I've never had before. Right. My dad only taught me as much as he knew, right. but you know now we're talking more. We're doing more drills. We're doing more uh, things that are more uh, you know conducive to right. uh, improving a certain shot. Yeah. You know, and my shots have always been my hands, my serve right. volley, and my volleys. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so you know, truth be told, you know, when I came to college, eventually, you know, I struggled with the ground strokes because. Um, you know, I never really worked on those. Right. That was something I just did. You I, know what I'm saying? You right. know, I wish, you know, but but it, it did it, it did improve. Right. Uh, my ground strokes did because it it helped me. Uh, uh, it, it, one of my biggest successes in college tennis once I had improved my ground strokes. You know, yeah. eventually. But when you when did you learn to uh, to really make contact way out front and extend your, your your stroke through the contact point? You know, a lot of juniors they catch it early and and they don't necessarily explode you know through the ball and extend the you know you know the racket head out to the target you know yeah you know you know just that typical uh you know that's just being a, a typical asian player mm -hmm. you know we were always just so finesse minded mm -hmm. you know everything looked good very smooth strokes you mm -hmm. know uh, my back end you know i had a continental forehand um and so it was easy uh to to you didn't have to change grips as much you right. know and and the back end was a slice, you know, it was, you know, you could hit it over, but, you know, you prefer to slice because you played on grass, right? you know, and so you wanted to slice and put a little side spin on it mm -hmm. and, and, and the ball would, you know, kind of stay low and, and move away from the, the, the other player. Right. So, you know, those were, I, I wouldn't say those were detriments, but, you know, those were almost one dimensional. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and, and then that carried, and then when we went to, went to, when I went to Australia, it, again, it was only there was no hard courts there. It was it was clay courts, you know. Mm -hmm. I practiced on clay. Many tournaments were played on clay, on clay courts. Um, and and then also we would have the occasional uh, tournament that we would play on grass, right? You know. So, but everybody that I played against, they were always serving volleyers. I always matched up well against serving right. volleyers, and now that's why when I played against other serving volleyers, I was a lot more patient because you knew that it was just a matter of time before you could break the other because you were kind of neck and neck mm -hmm. you know playing against another serve volley you kind of similar games and so you would try to uh you know get the points when it when it mattered the most you right know? you knew how to play the, the, the object points. was to break the other guy it was tough you had to play the big keep the ball low at their feet try to dip it you know it's a little better yeah. get right at them mix it up yeah exactly yep. Yeah, you know, and 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 plus, you know, in Australia, I love the Australian system, the uh, junior system. I grew up when I when I got eventually when I got there on sixteen, uh, I did manage to play doubles the whole three years with one or two people. I never switched. It was always the same people. They became good mates. They were they were my friends, and we won a lot. But the nice thing about playing those the, those junior tournaments in Melbourne, huge extensive system. You know, in the same tournaments that I was playing. Um, there was also Mark Woodford, um, the Woodies, the two Woodies, Todd right. Woodbridge, Mark Woodford, you know, and then uh, a little bit behind me later on came Wayne Authors. These are, these are, you know, top Australian players that eventually played Davis Cup for their nations, you know. Um, right. But the, the cool thing when I was playing is because you could play, you, you were allowed to play four events. So I played my age group and I played the, so I, I would play 15 singles, 16 uh, singles or 16 singles, 17 doubles. And saying, you know, I'll play, I'll, I'll play format, I'll play four events. That's amazing. And so, 
Yeah, and, and you know, you would have 2,000 kids playing these tournaments, so you would have tournaments all over Melbourne at different at different districts, right. and you would learn, you know, you played the 15s at this one club, and then, you know, when you're scheduled to play uh, an under-16 match at another club, and all of a sudden, you need to figure out how to get on a bus or find a train. Right. You know, so those were kind of teachable moments, too. You're trying to figure out how to manage your game. Right. And and it got hard because, you know, they were I, I started winning a lot of these matches. I started winning a lot of my age groups that, you know, the, the, the tournament referees for each court had to had to call the other side because, hey, this Malik kid, you know, he's in your turn, but he's still playing our match right. here. And they would always, yeah. And so eventually I would always stop. I would stop and just play two events. You know, I would always play right. a singles and a doubles in in the age group above me. Right. And so, uh, and that and that made it a little bit easier logistically. You know. How so, did you manage your body? Those you were great. Body as a junior, not to cramp up or be injured. Were you just blessed not to get injured and not to cramp up too much, or how did you? You, you know, I got, I you know when I think about, it, I had a lot of, I did get a lot of cramping when I was a child. Mm -hmm. When I was on, I, you know, I think there might have been deficiencies, but I never got hurt. Right. I've, I've never had, other than the, the, you know, the seven arthroscopic surgeries that I've had on my knees right. between the two knees. Right. I've never had a broken bone in my body. I've right. never had a back problem. Good for you. Uh, I, may, I have a maybe uh, an ongoing ha a left hamstring issue, but you know that that comes and goes, but. Uh, you know, the worst I ever had when I was growing up in, in, in the juniors was a, as a sprained ankle. Right. You know, never had any problems. I was blessed. But now I think, you know, staying stamina wise, I could have been better, maybe worked on conditioning. But, you know, when you're on your own, you know, you're more interested in learning how to hit a shot than working on conditioning. You know, you're right. Condi conditioning came. You kind of thought conditioning came with playing, you know, so you I would never do the extra you know, never do the extra, like go run a couple of miles after or before. And back then there was hardly anything about lifting weights. You know, everything that you did anyway was either a push up or a sit up, you right? Know, or jumping right. jacks, you know? <laughs> right. So, hey, man, you had an, an amazing yeah. uh, up run there. We talked about that. And, you know, at 14 and you won over 17 rubber matches and you played singles and doubles and played a, a, a yeah, all over hey, Asia. The Davis yeah. Cup. You mentioned Davis Cup again. Uh, you know, when I played at UK, uh, I was not released to play Davis Cup. So I missed three years oh, okay. of Davis Cup. Yeah, so it, it was, you know, because the ties were always, you know, the group ties were always in February. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at UK, we're in the heart of our SEC right, right. season. There was no... Right, you know, man. So, so there was more opportunity go. to get more wins and develop at that yeah. well as well. But speaking in the University of Kentucky yeah, and, it, and Dennis Emery, yeah. Uh, do you remember the recruiting process with Dennis a little bit about how that, you know, just out of curiosity. I, I did. I did. When you, and, and, I just, and just, you know, just to go back, just, I'll touch on yep. that, but touching on the Davis right. Cup thing, you know, when I was, when I, when I politely said, hey, guys, I cannot come back to attend, it got resentful. You know, the, the, the people back home in Malaysia and the association, they thought I was, I was uh, dogging them. Right. You know, I kept, I'm like, you know, what do you mean you can't come back? You're playing for your country. I, said, I know, but my, I'm playing for Kentucky. I have a scholarship here. They're not going to release me. I'm sorry. Right. Oh, and that that was a sore point for the for the administrators. They couldn't understand that because they needed me. But I would have loved to play. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was in the middle of my, of our season. You know, in the SEC, you know mm -hmm. how strong that is. How did know? that? But, did uh, that finally smooth over after a while? It did. It did because they understood. My dad kind of, you know, tried to educate them a little bit. Look, you, you know, you, he can't come home. He's committed to that school, right. you know, and he's part of that lineup. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, I, they, I mean, coach told me right off the bat, you, you, you just can't. I'm just not going to let you go play, right. you know, because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a 10 day thing, you know, because it takes forever to right. go home. And then you would have to get there in time to acclimatize for a couple of days. Right. The, the, the Davis Cup always ends as a Sunday night. By the time you get back to Lexington, it's going to be Wednesday. Right. So you're, you know, you've lost the services of a player for the UK, mm-hmm. you know, for me, seven to 10 days. And we could have played three matches by then. Right. That's you know, a busy in, part in, of your in the That's SEC. A part of your yeah. There was no way coach is going to let me. And I didn't, and, and, I, and I respected yeah. that. That's and what fine. year did you, what I, year was I, your first year at University of Kentucky tennis? Uh, 1987. My, I came in. January of '87. I so I came in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I was, I came uh, in any in 1986 in the summer. I had come to the U.S. to uh, to to visit some right. schools, and so I did. My first visit, my first stop was in Mal, and I and I briefly met with Coach right. Fox uh, there. And but I, I I walked around with somebody from uh, academics, mm-hmm. you know. To, but really, to be honest, you know, on my way to Malibu from, you know, in, in a taxi from L.A., I, I just knew it wasn't, this wasn't right. a place for me. I just right. didn't like it. You know, it was, a, yeah. you know, the, yeah, the campus was beautiful. You know, it sits up on the, you know, overlooking the Pacific. You know, it was awesome. It, it really was. But I just felt like that wasn't my kind of lifestyle. Right. You know, I just, it, it just, it was already a no by the time I got onto campus. So I just walked around as a formality because my flight wasn't the next until the right. next day. So then I went. Then then my next trip was actually to right. Lexington, and that's where I met uh, a guy that a guy named right. Rich Benson. Uh, I know I met Coach at some point during that time, but basically I stayed overnight. And uh, Rich Benson was the guy that uh, uh, was on my recruiting trip. He took me everywhere. I did some. Uh, we did some visits, and he made me uh, eat a cinnamon bun right. for the first time. <laughs> that was. A, I'd never seen. I thought I was eating a brick. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. But it was huge. It was yeah. a rich, rich, massive rich, thing. Rich Benson, uh, so for I those that don't cool. know out there, he was an All-American doubles player at University of Kentucky. College, he, I think he's coached yeah. college tennis. He's worked in uh, all types of yeah. tennis court uh, redos. And done a, yeah. Rich is an amazing guy. Great personality. But, rich was my doubles partner at UK. My junior year, we played one together. And also, he was my best is, man at my wedding. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we've, we're lifelong friends. We still keep in touch, see each other quite a bit, even though he lives in North Carolina at the moment. I know, I, I know from the last time I spoke to him, he's, he's got a new job. He's coming back yeah. to Kentucky, going to live in Louisville. Uh, so, you know, yeah, so, but Rich was instrumental yeah. in a lot of ways. And in my life in Kentucky, I can thank him for, you know, for, uh, you know, being the guy that actually was the impetus for me to come That's to awesome. Kentucky. That's a great story, too. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, though, aware of this, but um, just we'll start out. I know you know you're a very humble guy, but when it comes to some of the uh wins that you had there, uh, I know you you guys always competed with LSU and Tennessee and Vanderbilt, high schools, Alabama, yeah. Auburn, all the, the big SEC schools. And, uh, I know you were uh, you had a lot of on those uh, course with your big serve, right? Uh, what, I did. Give us I did. Some, give us some, uh, you know, just t- we'll start out with the doubles. Uh, share with us some of the some of the finals yeah. you made and missions and, and things of that nature. Well, uh, you know, we Rich and I, well, I started out 
my freshman year, I played uh, four singles, four uh, and three doubles with a, a senior named Keith Cook, and uh, I think we we did end up having a winning season there. And I think I did end up having a winning season. I I, I know I did at number four uh, that year itself. I won uh, an SEC title and a singles title, an SEC singles title at number four. The uh, number four flight I went down to so Athens, awesome. Georgia. And I beat a, a a player from Georgia in the final. Final well, Mike how, Morris. Tell us about that match. So that quick. may have been one of the first. For a second, tell me, tell us about yeah. the University of Georgia environment. What makes that so unique in your? Well, you know, you, you, you that, that place you know has a tradition. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you know, uh, winning tradition. You know, they've you know they I came into it knowing that they've already been competitive at a, at a national level. Uh, they had a really good facility. Uh, outdoors and indoors had a beautiful stadium. I, I heard uh, that they had a lot of people would come out, you know, because this, which is not a traditional look for a lot of college tennis matches. You know, you only have moms and dads and friends from sororities and fraternities come out. You might be lucky to get 50 to 100 people in a match, but as, according to, to some sources, you know, reliable people that I know, you know, UGA had you right. know, a couple of thousand that would come out. And They're watch pretty rabid too, team, weren't they? Weren't they pretty much because get, they try to get in your head. Yeah, they were. Of... They were very, very serious yeah. into it, you know. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then they had a, a big time uh, uh, coach and uh, Coach McGill. He had been there a long time, you know, and he was a very well respected coach. And, you know, he's had a lot of uh, winning success. So they had a lot of tradition. So um, I was told that you know, you know, winning the SEC uh, number four singles, you know, beating a uh, beating a player. Actually, the guy was a foot shorter than I was, so I figured I should be able to beat this guy. My serve would just bounce over him, <laughs> but he was a good player, and you know, and but you know, right. I, I played indoors. You know, we played the finals inside, and so it was an outdoor tour. But we played, you know, we played our finals inside, and uh, incidentally, that's where I first met uh, Coach De Palmer right. from Tennessee. Mike De Palmer. Um, it was a funny. It was a funny. Uh, I hit a. I was. I, I chipped in charge on a shot, and um, uh, his. His. I was playing against one of his guys in the early rounds, and he went for a passing shot. I lunged at the shot, and he. And I. And I clipped the racket. Uh, clipped the ball with my racket, and the ball ricocheted and, and hit Coach De Palmer in the. In the uh, in the shoulder, and he got up, and he was really. He got mad at me, and I thought. How can you get mad at me? That was an action. It wasn't on purpose, you know. And I think I called him the Great Big Pumpkin or something like that, you know, because he wore, you know, he was a big guy. Yep. He wore orange, that gaudy right. Tennessee orange color, you know, Tennessee right. volunteer color. You know? So, and then, uh, yeah, so that was my, you know, my freshman year. I, I played with Keith. Uh, my, you know, when, all my success really, you know, came from uh, my junior year when I started wow. playing with Rich okay. at number one. And yeah, I didn't have. I didn't have a very good mm-hmm. sophomore year. You know, I, I, I came into it right. with a lot of positive momentum, but, right. you know, right. little injuries here and there, you know, I uh, didn't know how to handle those injuries because I never right. really had a true injury before. Uh, lost a, and we had a lot of, uh, you know, back mm-hmm. then it was no ad scoring. So I, was, I lost a lot of matches in singles to right. a lot really of tight. no ad points, yeah. you know. Uh, so really tight mm-hmm. points, you know, so I would lose, you know, matches 6-1, 6-1. You know, and then but would lose. You know, in that match, the t- statistics were I would. You know, I'd lost nine or right. ten three all points. You know, yep. it just never went my way. You know, so uh-huh. the scores were deceiving, but right. it played on your confidence. You know, and so 
uh, you know, it just wasn't a right. good, it wasn't a good year, you know, just trying to balance right. all the injuries and school and, you know, and losses. And you were able and to rebound like that, you know? and come back your junior year and play with Rich Benson. And tell us about that, that experience. Yeah, I did. Uh, that was, the, now there's, there's a lot of, right. there's a lot of backstory and, and, and how I came into my junior year. Uh, basically, uh, there were some things that had happened and um, and uh, now no you know I'm just gonna say there, there aren't any um, uh, hard feelings about it it was just back then you know as a 19 20 year old you know you, you kind of take right. things a lot of personal right. uh, very personally didn't handle some things right. as well as you should have um, and then uh, you know when things don't go your way you just right. feel like everything's against you and everybody right. you know is against you so you know, in my mind, basically, in a nutshell, in my mind, you know, by the time uh, at the end of January, I was already right. coach. I'm leaving. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to stay any longer. I'm going to just move on. I'll figure it out. You know, I'll probably just go ahead and turn professional. That's what I've been wanting to do for the longest time. Uh, but um, and 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 I don't know whether coach wanted me to go or not. But it was already kind of a done deal. And um, so I was in my mind. I was preparing to leave Kentucky, you know, in in the in, in the spring of '89. Uh, and then uh, uh, Rich Benson's brother, who was still an assistant there, um, sort of said, "Look, you know, I know you're going to leave. That's fine. But you've got a big, you know, Kentucky is hosting the SEC Indoor Championship. This is where it's an open draw. All the people from all the schools are playing in it." You need to play in it and just have some fun, right. and then you can leave after that. You know, I ended up winning. That's I ended amazing, up winning the man. tournament. So you run out there relaxed, <laughs> yeah. like there's no pressure. And you're leaving anyway, and boom, you you just got on fire. I think you hit it on the head, Tyron. Right. I think that's what happened. You know, I went in there with no expectations. You know, and I and I drew a guy from Vandy, and I and he played uh, he played six for Vandy. I beat him, you know, pretty handily. And we played yeah, indoors. You, you know, you played at UK, the indoor court. There, there the are four match. courts. Exactly. So I won that first match. But then I thought, okay, I'm going to play uh, the top seed, Francisco Montana, you know, in, from Georgia. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to lose to him because, you know, I'm 0-4 against him in dual matches. I've always, you know, I've always played him, you know, three or four times and always lost five in the third. So he had that match. I went to yeah, you were just, I beat you him were three just and two top indoors yeah. at, at our place. Yes, and so I was like, "Wow, yeah, right. you know, where did that come from?" And then I had to play one more match that day, and I played a guy from Alabama, a, a, a player from Greece, Konstantinos Ifamoglu, I think that was his name, and he was a, a senior for Alabama, and he was one of their best players. And I beat That's him all. in straights on court number two. And then when I and so I won in two days, I won three matches, and I thought. You, Wait a second! Right. You know what is going on? You know this is this is crazy. But I was just playing. You know there was not everything was just kind of flowing through really well, playing well. Yeah, your injuries kind in of it, it, it healed up. And you were feeling good, right? Did absolutely. And then uh, I played uh, in the in the quarter in the round of sixteen or quarters, I believe. It was uh, I played Rich Benson, my doubles partner, eventual doubles partner. So I thought, there's no way I'm going to beat my uh, Rich Benson. This guy, you know, his ground strokes are so much better than mine. Right. He moves so much better. He's, right. you know, he's always fighting. Right. There's just no way, you know. And I played him court four, and I break him one time in each set. And I win 6-4, 6-4. Six, four, six, four.
couldn't figure it out. I mean, I, this is a guy that I looked up to, and he was right. by far our best player at, at UK. And I, right. and I, you know, he had way superior ground strokes, and I didn't move better than I was. I mean, you know, there's no way I'm going to beat Rich, and I beat him. You know, and I thought, so what is going on? You know, so anyway, after that, you know, I played another match the next day. You know, and and that streak continued. Who did you do? Who did you beat the next day? The next day. It was, I believe, it was the semi-final match. I played right. Cliff. Also played on that team. Uh, eventually, Ellis okay. was number one in the world in doubles. Number one, number two. He, he got up. Uh, he, he, you know, won. Uh, did very well for himself on the on the on the pro circuit. And Clinton was a very accomplished player as well. And so, but but this time though, I was I had some expectations. I thought. You know, I'm two matches away from winning. You know, this tournament. You know, from from nowhere. But right. I still, I was, but, but I was very good at at staying in the present. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I lost uh, at every match I had played. I had won in straights. You know, right. And I lost the first set against Clinton. Right. And then I thought, but I, it, you know, I don't think it rattled me much. I just mm-hmm. played and won, and I came back and won the two sets after that. Um, and you know, and it, we were both similar type players. It was a serve and volley game from both sides. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, he he turned out to be a good friend of mine on the on the pro circuit. He was he was very eccentric player, but he was mm-hmm. he was a very good player. He had great hands, and uh, and he was he had a fighting fighting spirit about him that I liked. But uh, that was a good win. Uh, beating Clinton Frere was a very good win for me. But then I had L Parker in the finals. <laughs> Right, he was a he was like a, one of the best players in the conference, right? Oh, he was. I was told I, I didn't know this at the time, right? I just knew that he was from Georgia. This is Al Parker, you know, future All America. You know, he's going to win the NCAA's. You know, it's this tall blonde. He's a he's a nice guy. Eventually, when I got to know him on this on the circuit, uh, or you know, he was a very nice guy. You know, he was uh, he was he had a hell of a back end. You know, and he was and he had a big forehand. So I played him in the final, you know, not, I didn't think I was going to lose, but I didn't think I was going to win. Let's just play. Right. You know, and, uh, and uh, we had a good match. I won in three, you That's know, awesome. I won in three. Yeah. That was an unbelievable uh, victory for me. I tell you, Matt, make Coach Emery, I'm not going to give details, but you know, he came on the court and uh, he, came, <laughs> he came on the court, looked at me and said, well, looks like I'm going to have to play you at one now. And and what I'm trying the context was there was some issues about right. lineup prior coming into this tournament. There was the issues right. about perception of where we were all going to play on the lineup. Right. And so you know when you're told that you're not going to be playing a certain position, right. you you know as a 19, 20 year yeah, old, yeah, yeah, you know, you you're not very mature. You start to pout it. a little bit, right? You know, right. So I'm leaving, coach. I can't right. do this. You, you know? felt pretty good when you heard one, though, right? One or two. I mean, <laughs> well, I. I I really didn't think much of it because right. uh, I did think that you know this this was a what do you call a, 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 a you know hey you know I can do this coach you know right. I, I've just won the SEC we all know this was not this was not uh, planned out nobody expected Adam Malik to win the SEC right. it was the biggest tournament in the U.S. other than the NCAA's right. and other than uh, you know a, a conference tournament in the Pac-10. You know, it was a big, big tournament. It was like winning the NCAA's for me. You know, right. it was a massive event. You know, and and uh, you know, and I and I felt like, okay, here's you know, here's here's a chance for me to play in the top three. Now I've I've proven myself. Right. But at that time, 
I still was in my mind. I was going to leave. It right. was, it was already, cause I was going to leave. Right. You know, it, it didn't. So, but you know, eventually I did play one. I played my next match. Um, I think maybe six or seven days later against uh, a player from, uh, we went to Muncie, Indiana. Mm -hmm. We went to Ball State mm -hmm. and, um, and I lost and I lost the first match. Mm -hmm. uh, I lost my first set. I lost the first set. Right. And I remember coach coming on the court and he didn't come on the court uh, all season that long. He left me alone. Okay. Coach Emmy left me alone. Uh, I, I, I had, uh, uh, Mike Benson sit with me for that season, uh -huh. and um, uh, and Coach said, "Look, you know, you're, you've you've and it's understandable. You've just won a big tournament. You've come out a little flat. Mm -hmm. Why don't you try and figure out how to get sweaty for the next tournament? Figure out how to move your feet and right. uh, get sweating hard, right. and you'll win the match. Uh -huh. And when I did that, actually, I, I came to life. You know, because mm -hmm. I was flat. I was kind of you know. Yeah, well, you just I mean, all of a sudden you're playing Muncie, Indiana, and Ball State. Yeah. You just beat Al Parker. That's a big." letdown it is it is so you kind of you know lackadaisical right. a little bit or you're just right. a little flat happens, from a big man. occasion yeah. yeah so that was a big that was a big uh learning a learning point there too so from that point onwards whenever i felt like i had a lull in my during a match mm -hmm. i would tell myself literally i said am i sweating hard enough if i'm not sweating hard enough that means i'm not working hard enough so let's figure out how to you know chip and charge more and be a little bit more assertive and then get your heart rate up get sweaty and then i'm back in the game right you know and that's how and that and that season, uh, I think I went thirty-three and fifteen or something like that. I didn't win. I didn't lose a match indoors until the very last match That's of the amazing. indoor season. Yeah, I won seventeen straight at number one, I believe. That I is amazing, Adam. What a story, man! The, the fact that you. Yeah, I beat some good players, man. Yeah, I beat uh, Alex O'Brien. I beat Byron Black at number one. Yeah. I, oh man, I beat. Uh, uh, the, what's his name? Some I can't remember. It's Goldberg from Michigan. You beat some good um, players, bro. I mean, oh, I beat some good those players. Those guys played on the pro you know. tour, all of them did. And you actually played on the pro <laughs> they, tour. Some of them did, yeah. Yeah, exactly. taking taking it a step farther because I know I don't want to move you out of the UK scenario too quick, but that is an amazing yeah. story that you went from um, hey, hey, winning in the winning. Tyrone, the let me, can can yeah. I? Yeah. Can I finish my? Yeah. my can, yeah. hey, let me let me add and finish the story sure. with uh, Al Parker. Yeah. So after that match, we we both ended up in the in the locker room. So right. you know, it was only 15, 10, 15 minutes after that. So I was at at one of the urinal stalls. I was I was doing my business, and he come. I mean, we, I think we have like four or five urinals right. in the UK, and I was at the far one. And he comes up and he takes the one next to me. Right. And I thought that was weird in the first place. Right. And then he doesn't even look at me. He just said, "Hey, Malik, you know, you're so lucky. You know, oh, really? you're so lucky to play me indoors. Oh, you know, goodness. you know, your game Happy, is like, I, I think it's a good game. It's a good chip and charge. You got great hands. Yeah. But you know what, buddy? You're coming down to Athens in about five weeks. You're gonna play us at our courts outdoors. Right. Your game is not gonna fly. Or my, I'm gonna kill you when I when I play." <laughs> He said that, you know, your game is not going to be able, you're not going to be able, you don't have the luxury of being indoors where there's no, con, there's no elements. Right. You're going to, you know, you're going to suffer when you play outside. You can't play your game outside, chip and charge right. and just serve a volley. So eventually when we did go down there, I beat him uh, four and two or something. Oh like my that. goodness, bro. <laughs> On his that is unbelievable. <laughs> how, how, how did season, he look man. when he came to the net to shake your hand? <laughs> he was he was pissed, yeah. you know, because you know one one we we went to Georgia. Right. I mean, nobody goes to Georgia and beats Georgia. Right. I mean, that match, we, I won my match, but we were four two out of singles against the University of Georgia. So you all beat. I mean, so you're, you all you're defeated Georgia then in that match. It did. 
Yeah, I, not only did I win my match, but we won. We won four to four singles. And Coach Emily, I knew, I know he was licking his chops. He was thinking, you know, because our number three doubles was un, like undefeated, right? Even though I played number one doubles with Rich, did you and Rich we win were your really good at number one. We won, but we. <laughs> it was. Let me tell you, it was. Uh, you know, we were forty yard singles. Coach was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to beat Georgia. I love beating Georgia. And you know I'm gonna we're gonna win we're gonna win at our match at number three because they never lose at number three right, right? and all of a sudden you go number three our our number three loses right. and then after that you no know, so now the score is four three right and then you know we have a really good Andy Potter and John Yancey team at number two all of a sudden they lose now the the match is four four right. and so and then Malik Benson we're down a set oh on court number one and I think I know and I know coach is sitting there going what is going right. on and here I thought I was going to beat Georgia right. and we're about to lose out of double right and so and and we were uh, we we had a back and forth we eventually broke down the serve of uh, of uh, this Georgia player at number one uh, Jim Childs he was playing with TJ Middleton right. and we broke his serve and finally we we closed the match out we we won in three so we won five four at georgia it was phenomenal that is a great story and a great win too <laughs> but man. oh yeah i thought i think coach was probably going to have a conniption so i think he was like we should have won this out of singles you know five, we should have won this out of doubles five two but instead we eke out a five four win but hey wins a win what what was your you and rich's doubles best win you and rich had as far as a tournament or uh you know playing a, a really good team in doubles yeah, uh, are, you, are you including uh, college? Yeah, just college. I'm going to go to pros now. Just college? Yeah, just college. Um, we would, uh, we won, we won most of our matches at number one. Okay. I mean, we beat some really good team. We we, we beat, uh, I, I believe we beat people like uh, Clinton, Clinton and Ellis Ferreira. We beat uh, uh, Luke, uh, not Luke Jensen, uh, Murphy Jensen and Greg Fahler. They were mm -hmm. the number one team for USC. They were very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't recall a lot of our matches that we played, but we did beat a very good team from uh, Clinton Banducci and Eric Ling at, from, uh, uh, I think it was TCU. But I, I remember one win that we had, it was very good, which I thought was very good personally, was when we beat a guy, a team called uh, named uh, Ted Sherman and Woody Hunt. I think they were like number two in the country. They were playing for UC Berkeley, I believe it was. Gotcha. You, one of those California schools. Gotcha. Man, it's been so long. No, that's cool, man. And that, that was a good win. I thought that was because Woody Hunt was a very good player and uh, singles and doubles. Um, but you know, but we beat them indoors at you at, uh, in Louisville at the Louisville indoors. So, but did uh, you end up being a tennis all American at UK? You, yourself with all them wins? Yes, yeah, I, I was uh, eighty nine. I was all American singles and doubles. That is awesome, both, man. That, both singles that's and awesome. doubles. Yeah, that's awesome. That. That year, that year there was only six double All Americas in the whole in Division yeah. One. I. I was one of the that six. Is, that was I knew, both I, singles I knew, and double. Yeah, I, I knew. You, I thought you were up there with All American status. I just, I thought yeah, I was, was coming right out. I had a great year. I didn't I, have that in front of me, but that's. I know you're on the wall. I, I've seen your photos on the wall. Uh -huh, yeah. They, they used to have them all yeah. up on the wall. I don't know if they, they, they've been. Oh, they don't. They, I haven't they, been they, down they there still may have them. Yeah, I don't even know. Cedric Kaufman is doing a great job right now. They're. They're oh, like eleven and I think they're eleven and two right now, as we speak. Yeah, uh, and they yeah. lost a tight one to USC. Uh, yeah, but, uh, they're no, UK's number one, a Canadian freshman, the number one player in the country. The UK, yeah, they did. Yeah, I saw pretty, that. 
I see Cedric's postings uh, right. often. So the, or at least the Kentucky tennis So they're off one, to yeah. a good start this year. He's got a good, really great young team over there, and they're very competitive. Absolutely. But um, yeah. and I wanted to just go from UK into your kind of your pro yeah. career. It says here that um, that you had some success. Uh, and uh, Rich made the semifinals of the Kuala Lumpur Open in Malaysia in 1993. You guys made the semifinals of that tournament. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a uh, that, that was a cool story. That that tournament was cool. You know why? Because uh, it was a three hundred fifty thousand dollar event. It was part of the. It was one of the ATP Grand Prix events. Um, I think the number the number one seed could have been Fabrice Santoro. Uh, and because uh, I, I, I had ATP points, I was I was in the qualifying. But because the the host nation is uh, gets a wild card, the the federation naturally gave it to me because I was the only professional mm-hmm. from Malaysia at the time. And they also offered me a, a doubles wild card. And I was in Malaysia, um, and um, Rich was in Utah. Right. <laughs> so I called Rich. I said, "Hey, Rich, I, I know it's short notice, <laughs> but I know you're in Utah." But uh, if you can come to Malaysia uh, by Tuesday, I can get us a Tuesday start. We've, we're in the doubles. We have a wild card to play doubles in this big Grand Prix. Mm. He said, I'll be right there, Adam. Hold that wild card. That is awesome, man. <laughs> there, was, there was no way we, he wasn't going to come. So uh, he, he came and um, we, we played doubles and we beat uh, a, a very, two very good teams early on, a, a German team and a, and a Dutch team. And then we ended up playing another Dutch team, Paul Harhus and Jaco Elting. You know, eventually they, they would be number one in the right. world and uh, in doubles and in a couple of U.S. Open titles, you know. And they were good guys, but we and Rich and I had time of our no, lives. No, you all did. That's, we, that's that was a, one of our, that was one of my awesome, biggest paychecks. I can't that's remember. an awesome accomplishment. Yeah. I also noticed on here yeah, that you, uh, in 1990, I also, also noticed on here that uh, you and Francisco Montana you guys upset the tops. How you how you pronounce the last name? Yep. Ele- Ele- yeah, Jaco 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 Elting and yeah, Paul Harhus. Paul Harhus was the number one doubles player yeah. in the world. Uh, he was the top yeah, doubles player, one were. of the best doubles players. He'll go down as one of the best yeah. doubles players all time. He played so many events. Oh, absolutely. This was uh, this was another cool story. Um, we Francisco and I were in Europe. We had been we had been playing. Uh, we played two tournaments before that, I believe, and we had done very well, fairly well together. And they said, "Hey, you know, let's just keep playing a little bit until they open, and we'll head back that way." And so we were in a tournament in Graz, Graz, mm-hmm. Austria. And, uh, and and then, uh, you know, after talking, to, and we, we got to the semifinals of that term. It was a $150,000 mm-hmm. challenger. Uh, it was a it was a clay court event. And we, we, we played matches on top of a Toys R Us. They had constructed right. a stadium on top of a building that hosted That's the Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah, so he said, hey, you know what? I think we're going to be able to, if you and I play together, we'll be able to play. We'll get into Schenectady. Schenectady mm-hmm. was a, a tournament two weeks prior to the U.S. Open. It was in Schenectady, New York. I reckon we should go 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 play that. So we, we, we traveled, we traveled back, um, uh, you know, Graz to Austria to back to New York. You know, it was an endeavor. It, it took, you know, a day to get back. And then we, we got in uh, one, I, I can't remember, we can't remember. We got in the, probably a Monday night or Monday afternoon and we played our next match the next day. And we drew, uh, well, we already knew because the draw was already made on Sunday. 
we drew the top seeds, Yako Elting and Paul Harhus. You know, they were number one in the world. And um, uh, this was uh, in Schenectady. He played at a, a venue that was a public court, but they but they'd done a nice job setting it up. And uh, we beat them in straight sets, you know. Um, and so Francisco was like, man, we, we're, we're developing a nice little partnership here. But he had a regular partner, so I, I was just mm-hmm. high riding the, you know, riding the wave. It was really good. And then we eventually lost, lost the next round to uh, 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 K- Bernd Karbacher and Andre Olfkowski. And they're, they're pretty good too, but we had a let You know, the funny thing about that match after, the, after I, we had beaten the number one team in the world, as I was getting off the court, one, uh, uh, somebody from the medical team grabbed me and says, we need to drug test really? you. <laughs> yeah, so I had to go do a, and he said, this is totally random. I said, oh, is, be- is it because a, an unknown player has beaten the number one team in the world? <laughs> so that means they're on drugs or some sort of sports, yep. in, I know, uh, you know, performance enhancing drugs. No, no, it, it wasn't. Right. I was teasing them. So eventually I had to go to, I got to go with them and nice. I had to pee in a cup. And you got through that. Thank you. <laughs> And I got through that, yeah. But it was funny. They, it was the first time I had, I had ever been. Yeah, that is amazing. That's a great story at too. A match. Yeah. Hey, it looks like you, uh, you, you, and uh, Jeff Tarango uh, played together at the <laughs> ATP St. Paulton event, and the pair finished yes. runner-ups. And St. Paulton, yeah. The, you know, these these were just you know in my career. I eventually, I you know, I want, I was a good singles player and a good doubles player, but you know when. When you were performing well in doubles and not mm-hmm. as well in singles as you would like, you know the money was better in doubles. So I kind of, a lot of players kind of, kind of went this route unless they were very mm-hmm. single-minded. Uh, I started playing a lot of doubles because you know the paychecks were really good. So, but the story with with Jeff Tarango, you know, there was some backstory before we had. That was the first time mm-hmm. that we had played together. Uh, we had played. Rich and I had played against Jeff and his doubles partner. Uh, I played against him and Martin Blackman mm-hmm. in college. It was in Louisville. It was at Louisville Indoor. It was the, it was number one doubles, and there was a lot of uh, acrimonious. It was mm-hmm. very acrimonious. Uh, Tarango was very, you know, he's a very very you know mm-hmm. highly strong right. player, uh, very very good player. We tried to avoid playing him because he had some he had some very tough right. shots to hit against. You know, he, he, his shots were very very right. sharp. They and he was mm-hmm. very aggressive. Uh, we we won that doubles match, but there was a lot right. of animosity, uh, not towards me so much, but right. towards my doubles partner. I don't know right. why they picked on Rich, but Rich handled right. it, but he didn't care. I mean, uh, so eventually, so uh, the story is that I was at Queens Club. I was in the tour supervisor's office. I believe it was uh, a guy named Ed Hardesty, and uh, and you know everybody goes to the supervisor's office. Uh, on Sunday morning because that's when you sign up for doubles. Right. The deadline's at, at midday, at noon. So everybody's kind of jockeying for, for position to see who's in the, you know, who's going to make the cut and who's going to be in the qualities and things like that. And 10 minutes before the deadline was closing, I I was hoping to snag a doubles partner because my mom lived about a block from Queens Club. She lived in a place, uh, she had an apartment. My mom and dad had a, mm-hmm. an apartment, a flat in uh, Barron's Court. So I just right. lived around the corner. So I went there to sign in and I said, Ed, you know, do we, do, is there a chance that I could play doubles with somebody here? And I was actually one out. I was one out of that with, uh, with a guy from, I think it was right. Japan. I knew him, but he, was, uh, he wasn't there on site. But I signed up with him 
and we weren't in. We were right. just one out. And so 10 minutes before the deadline closed, uh, the phone rang and hello, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then some, and then uh, Ed Hardesty looks, Adam, my boy, uh, somebody wants to talk to you on the phone. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, you know, that's odd. I mean, why would anybody know that I'm right. in the office? And uh, right. it was Jeff Durango. Hey, Adam. Hey, how are you doing? I hope you're doing all right. Hey, you know, if you if you sign up with me in doubles, we'll get into St. Poulton and we could we could we could tear That's it up. Pretty over funny, here. man. That is wild. <laughs> yeah. So immediately I thought, oh, this is awkward. Uh, you know, but he was very polite. He was very right. professional. He was very nice. And I thought, hmm, what about the past <laughs> stuff that we've had together? It wasn't really towards yep. me, but it was awkward. But I said, but because right. I was going to be in. I'm going, you know, just like Rich said, yeah, I'm coming right. to Malaysia from Utah, you know, because you, no, don't, you don't get those opportunities, opportunities you know, no, not, not, not getting a wild card into a, into a Grand Prix event, into a tour event, you, you, you have to take it, you, you got to yep. move heaven right. and earth to go there, you know, so I said, Jeff, I'll be there, you know, can you figure out if we can right. get a Tuesday, it was a Sunday, and is it possible, you know, let's find a, a let's get a Tuesday start, so we signed up, we got in. I got in. I had to fly to Austria and then uh, and then take the train to uh, to, to St. Poulton. We met and we hit right. it off right off the bat. It was like as right. if we were just friends, and he was very gracious. I tell you what, my, that time with Jeff, he was. I, I enjoyed my time with Jeff. He was he was a nice guy. He right. was very charming, to be honest. And he was a hell yeah, of a player. player. Let Big me tell you. too. Yeah. He had. He was. Yeah, he was a he was very aggressive, and I like that. And and he was very and he had high expectations of your uh, of the you know what he expected of you. You need to be really you know after every match we got to the final of that tournament. After every match, he insisted that we go right. run a couple of miles. He said, "Yeah, you know." And I hey, look, Adam Malik is pretty fit. Right. I'm not used to running. I'm not used to running at all. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean we're gonna run? And so he said, yeah, we're going to run two miles, right? We're just going to run. There's a, right. there's, a, there's a track there that's eight laps, Malik. There's eight right. laps. We're just going to do eight <laughs> laps, and then we'll go to McDonald's. That's and so, then we'll go to McDonald's. We'll get, a, we'll get a Sunday, and then we'll go back to the hotel, and then we'll, we'll clean up, and then we'll go, let's go find that's some fun. other people, and we'll that's go good. to dinner. He, he, okay. He, <laughs> so we kept yeah, – oh, coached great. the end we of the two miles. Routine. We beat good. some un- – oh, man. We beat some mm-hmm. unbelievable players. We go to we get to the uh, doubles teams, uh, you know, and and I'm like, wow, you know, I'm beating mm-hmm. traditional clay quarters. You know, one guy that I played against was top thirty in doubles in singles and doubles. The guy's name was uh, Thomas Carbonell. Good, Good I mean, he was, I, yeah, you know, for a player like me, and when you see these people, you know, and I'm and I'm out there, I'm you know, I'm playing a lot of challenges. You know, I feel like I'm starting to belong. But you see these guys' names, you see people like. You know Thomas Carbonell. You see Sergi Bruguera. You see you know the uh, Sergio Casal, and you're like, wow, these people are like the best of the best, you know. And then all of a sudden, you play one of them, and you actually beat them. You go, whoa! Hey, this hey is speaking surreal. of that, speaking you know, of that, these guys you are the... Jimmy Connors one time, or <laughs> I did. I played him in a in an exhibition in a in a casual Tell exhibition match in Malaysia, and I. And I beat him in a set. He didn't like it. Jimmy didn't like it. <laughs> he did not him. like it. Uh, no, he did not like it. He he came to Malaysia mm-hmm. to play Michael Chang in a in a, an exhibition match in a stadium uh, that seated about ten thousand people. And back then, uh, you know, these kinds of matches, these kinds of exhibitions, the only time you ever see a professional tennis player in, in Asia 
would be uh, the Japan Open or the Hong Kong uh, one an event in Hong Kong. That's when people would would ever see because um, everybody else in the, the the tennis playing public, the only time they ever see pro tennis is on is on the Australian right. Open on the on the television. You know, so you were not around uh, physically to see them in person. But here's Michael Chang. He's you know he's an Asian player from China has a lot of following and he plays and Jimmy Connors you know he's about you know, right. he's in his mid 40s you know he's, right. he's on his way he's done but you know he gets invited to play Michael you know and, and he draws they right. draw 10,000 people you know the year before in the same exhibition uh, series Michael Stieck had beaten Jim Courier it was it was uh, you know this match was set, you know Stieck beat Courier 7-6-6-7-7-6 it was a pretty intense match I mean it was they didn't just go through the motions. Right. They tried to beat each other. Now, when Jimmy Connors came to Malaysia, you know, the day before the match was supposed to start, many of us that know anything, like, you know, you do know that Malaysia is 100% humidity and it's 90 and it's, mm-hmm. and it's hot blazing sun. Why would you come the day before and think you're going to acclimatize? He couldn't breathe. He was drowning. He couldn't breathe. So we practiced. He asked to practice with me because he wanted somebody to practice right. that was worth playing with. So I ended up playing, you know, hitting for 30 right. minutes. He couldn't breathe. He said, he said, screw it. You know, screw it. Let's just play a set, Malik. Let's play a set. So I beat him 6-4. I broke That's him one amazing. time. I beat him 6-4. He wouldn't, he wouldn't shake my amazing? hand. He wouldn't shake my hand. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, if you're listening to this, this is how <laughs> that I is all amazing, Adam. So the next... The next day, he loses to Michael Chang six zero six zero. You took his legs in forty five minutes, and he, <laughs> he did not adjust at that age to that climb. Yeah, really. no, it's it was it was a. Vi- I mean, go to Malaysia one day, and then the minute you walk off the plane, you feel like that you're just amazing. breathing in water. If you're not, it is yeah, such a human place. Yeah. Hey, Adam, we're coming up on the hour. Yeah, and I, we're going to have to do another podcast. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. But uh, <laughs> this is fun, man. You, I love this. You're making oh, me uh, remember fun, a lot man. of good things. I want to just ask you five or six yeah. questions. You just, whatever pops in your head, you just give sure me thing, what your thought real quick. All right. Um, oh, absolutely. Fixed man. mindset. Yeah. Somebody has a fixed mind. Yeah. What What do you What do you think when you hear that? Yeah. Fixed mindset. I think, uh, to be honest, uh, fixed mindset maybe okay inflexible. That's- what about growth mindset? When you hear growth mindset, you know? what, what? And that's the name of my podcast is is the growth mindset, right? So yes. when you hear growth mindset, that's right. You know, either as a business guy or a tennis player or a family guy, what do you think of growth mindset? Growth mindset. I think uh, uh, when I when I when I think of growth mindset, I would say uh, willing to yep. willing to try things. I mean to to develop yourself or your business, so you're always striving for innovation, right. trying to figure out new things. Yeah, and you did that in your, in your tennis career. You took a lot of risk. You took challenges. You I mean you had to oh, yeah, constantly sure. change your mindset and continue to go forward. You you, you had to fall forward. That's you had right. To climb, you had to do all that's a great so point. So when you hear the word teamwork, what comes to mind? Yep. Um, tough teamwork. I think teamwork is tough, especially right. if you have individuals. Sometimes I just, I just feel like mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard to work. That's right. my that's my first it's impression hard. of that yeah. teamwork is when hard. You hear, when you, you know? hear the, when you think especially, TA, yeah, when you hear that term, Women's Tennis Association, who would you who comes to mind 
in yeah. the, right now in your mind, reflecting back? Is there one or two that you impress you? Oh, uh, for sure. Uh, when I looking back, WTA Martina okay. Navratilova yep. and Chris Everett, incredible historian players. Yeah. When you hear ATP, you know professional yep. men, and you had to think of in your yeah. mind, who do you kind of look up to or kind of you know always kind of admire? Uh, Borg, okay, McEnroe, Santos. Oh, that's awesome. Hey man, in the last yep. question, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. In your mind, uh, yeah, reflecting back on your tennis career, what's what's the one major thing that you're most proud of? I know you, there's a lot, but if you had to pick one thing, what 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 stood out to you in that whole? My the thing that stood out to me tennis wise, I, I've had a lot of two things. I would say yeah. two things, if you don't mind. One would be uh, my 1989 junior season at UK. I've never been able to play tennis that way ever. That that season, if I tried to lose on purpose, I couldn't. I was in the zone. I, I won everything that I could. That I, you know, I had some you know little bumps here and there, but eventually it was a phenomenal year. And I tried to replicate it on the on, went later on on pro tour. Couldn't do it. I was because it was it was about a mind game. It was all mindset, and I tried to do that. And then the other one would be the 1994 okay. Hiroshima Asian Games, where That's we won awesome. the bronze medal. That, is that awesome. was that was big. Adam. Uh, we, yeah. we're, we're past the six bronze medal in the, the team event. Yeah. I just want to thank you for your time. Yes, thanks sir. Thanks for sharing your passion for. Oh yeah. And thanks for being on the Growth Mindset Podcast Love it. tonight. And uh, hey, before we go, absolutely. Yeah, man. Before Tyrone, we go, Tyrone, thanks for inviting me. Uh, you've you've yeah. made me think about some really good yeah. memories, good vibes. So well, I appreciate that. And. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll maybe uh, we'll get to do one together again I'm... soon on my t- on my podcast. Yeah, that was fun. It's your podcast, yes, sir. Man. Oh yes, I I've got a podcast too. It's called the Not Before Podcast, and it's just strictly uh, about uh, tennis and sports and life and all about awesome. funny stories. There's uh, nothing to it. It's very lighthearted and fun. It's uh, supposed to be lots of jokes and and, and you just, did, uh, I, I was rehashing good times. To do one of those with you, so thank you for that opportunity. And, uh, oh, absolutely! It was very, it was very well received, Ty. And I had one, uh, one comment uh, on my email that said that you were very, you were a very positive guy, and you had a voice <laughs> I don't know about for radio. That. Hey, I really appreciate you, Adam. <laughs> Thanks for taking that time out to jump on here tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This afternoon, and uh, look forward to talking yes, to you sir. in the near future. All right, have a blessed. Absolutely. Thank, thank God you, Tyrone. You. I appreciate care. it. God, God bless.